0: How do you maximize performance with your sales force? My name is Anthony Garcia, and I am the host of the Catapulting Commissions podcast. Join me every week as we discuss topics such as performance or improving retention. And we do so by interviewing some of the top sales professionals and entrepreneurs around the world. Now, let's enjoy the show. Catapulting Commissions family, welcome back to this episode of the Catapulting Commissions podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia. Thank you for being with me. Now, on Catapult and Commission, the entire idea behind the show was to discuss sales, sales training, sales leadership with some of the world's greatest sales entrepreneurs or sales experts in the field. Today's show keeps up with that pace. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Derek Chevy. Now, Derek finished a nearly, let's just say, short of two-decade career with the Xerox Corporation. He's now taking that skill set of being in business-to-business sales for such a long time that he is training and teaching people on his own has his own company through ModernSalesTraining.com. And for the past 10 years or so, Derek was responsible for nearly $100 million in revenue through the Xerox Corporation in California. Needless to say, if you follow sales, uh, leadership sales modalities, we know Xerox selling copiers is one of the most challenging sales, but some of the best training out there. You truly learn your skills when you're out pounding B2B. And I'm so pumped that we have Derek Shevy here to talk with us a little bit about what he's doing now. He has some new programs and some new sales training, some sales coaching that I think would be an extreme benefit for our audience today. Derek, welcome to the Catapulting Commission's podcast.
1: Thank you, Anthony, really happy to be here.
0: Thanks, man, so let's talk about this, Derek. Successful career in Xerox, manage a team. I mean, I'm looking at the numbers, I think it was like 13,000 people you've trained through through your own company, through your time at Xerox. I mean, needless to say, short of 20 years, you got the sales thing dialed in. What made the transition to say I'm going to leave the corporate world and I'm going to go on my own?
1: Well, yeah, I think about three years ago is when I started modern sales training, and the idea is I've got uh, I've got two two boys, and I know I know you've got uh, you've got three kids of your own, but so two boys, and my oldest needed to go to school, and the school the best school in the area costs a certain amount, and I was like, well, we needed some extra cash to do that, and I thought, why don't I create some online courses? Some general sales courses that could apply to the masses. Obviously, I didn't want to cross Xerox in any sort of the, in, by any means whatsoever. So I made general courses and to see if I could make the amount of money to pay for that higher level education for my for my uh, oldest son. And within a few months, I was doing it. And so I thought this was great. And f- so three years ago till now, it's been over thirteen thousand people around the world that I've trained on that platform. Oh, so I've done that. That's just that's just. That's just modern sales training itself. Yeah. And, and uh, a few of my courses are the best seller um, on Udemy. Okay. So they're the best selling um, cold calling courses. And basically, I originally started off with I said I, I had a couple just wanted to pay for education. And then this worked so great. And I had all these people all across the world telling me how much they took my sales courses and they became top salespeople as a result that I said, maybe I'll put some more out there. And so I eventually created a, 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 a collection of 12 that I figured for me was this is what you needed if you wanted to become a top sales performer. You needed all of these 12. And so, and I'm sure with you too, Anthony, when you've been training and you've been developing your own team and helping your, your, the people that you work with get better every single year, you start seeing some things that work and things that don't. So then I looked at it and I said, well, if I could just scrape out all the things that worked and put them in, buckets by themselves, but have it all connect and be one greater thing together. That's what I wanted to build. So I put it out there. And for the last three years, it's helped, you know, like I said, over 13,000 people. Then I finally, you know, in January said, I'm leaving Xerox. I left Xerox, went full time, took almost all of those courses off of those platforms. And I rebranded it as sales in 21 days. And so uh, the idea is that you know, I help you go through these 12 courses and at the end of it, you'll have all the, the foundational skills needed that you really try to get a salesperson to be good at in general if you have, if you have a team or if you have a company. These are the, the core skills that you have got to be amazing at. And once you're there, then you have something to build upon to become amazing and your, your career can just go crazy. So, so what I say is that I'll develop, I develop salespeople to be top sales performers in 21 days. And, um, and that's what, that's my product that I focus on now. And, and, uh, of course I do sales coaching and I've got clients that I work with from that standpoint. And, uh, a lot of people that I've found over the 13,000 that I've helped, you know, business owners are reaching out to me for the, for, you know, sales coaching for their teams and things like that. But, um, yeah, my main product for, because of obviously the pandemic is to try to help salespeople all around the world with a you know, start to finish 21 day course that could help them get all, everything that they possibly need to have a great career. And so that's, that's what I built.
0: Derek, I have so many questions for you. I mean, you just dropped so much value and nuggets in there, right? First of all, from a, from an entrepreneur standpoint and a branding standpoint, kudos to you, right? You, you leverage the Udemy platform, their audience, build your following, build for lack of better, build your program. And they're like, Hey, you know what? Now we're going to cut you off here. This is mine and I'm going to take my following. So that is right. that is that is phenomenal. From an entrepreneurial standpoint, I'm a big proponent. And I tell uh, a lot of people who work with me, coaching clients or people who reach out to me, you want to build your following on you, not on Facebook, not on Instagram, not on LinkedIn, right. because any given day, those can shut down, platforms can change, you know. TikTok could take over the world or whatever the situation is going to be. <laughs> exactly. Something's going something's to take your audience. So you build it, you brought your audience with you. That's that's fantastic. And then that can be a whole show. But you mentioned that you brought the 12 uh, yeah. modules from Udemy. Now, were these your 12 most downloaded courses or these are only 12 courses? And my follow to that is, what is that one question? You said people were like, hey, I took your course, I'm a business owner. What is that one struggle that you find clients have that are coming to you Either through your time on the Udemy platform or in your own organization, what is the hey? Here's where I need help with.
1: Okay, so the so the first your first question about the twelve. So when I started putting putting courses on the, the Udemy platform, I also had it on Skillshare too, by the way. And when I had it on those platforms, I was thinking if this was if this was going to work because you test the waters first. You know, you throw you know bullets before cannonballs. And uh, so, I tested the waters and found out that really quickly I was able to pay for my oldest son's education with just this side hustle. And, um, and then I said, well, it's, these are really just parts of a, of a full series of courses. And so, that full series is the 12. Now, I left um, three of them on Udemy um, and Skillshare. So, those three are, are bestsellers. So, they're, be- they're the bestsellers in the business-to-business sales category. Um, and, uh, two of them are on cold calling and one of them's on objection handling. And, uh, and, and so I still have those there. Cause there's a lot of, I mean, at the end of the day, I want to help people, you know, and I don't, and I know that there's, I think it's 80 million people across the world are going uniques are going on to Udemy every month. And so if they're on there and these people are saying, I didn't have a great sales manager or or the training that I just walked into is nothing for my company and I need something, I, I want to help. And so even though my, my cut from Udemy is like, you know, really small as you can imagine. Um, I still want them. I still want to help them. So, so I get them there. I help them a little bit there. And then if they, if they continue to seek me out, i tell sell them the entire package of everything else plus more that I have in this in the 12 under my sales in 21 days program. So, um, so yeah, so that's, that's one thing. And I, and, um, you know, I do have like free programs that I give away on my website that right now I, I call virtual selling and it's, there's uh, four prospecting tips, um, that I give people, but, uh, and just as an, as, as, a, as another way to help, but back to your question about where, what people are asking for, you know, it's, it's really interesting because I've had 12 different courses for the longest time getting that was getting tons of downloads every single day. And uh, like I would, I, I think in some cases I was getting um, close to a thousand downloads a month. In some cases, towards the end, and I just pulled them off. I pulled most of them off. I get people that take a course because they want, they just want to better understand customers. I get people understanding cor- to th- taking a course because they want to deliver more profit because they're 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 stuck in the commodity world, the commodity sales world. Um, and I know you from Cutco. I m- imagine there's that's a commodity sale right there. And it's like, how do you separate yourself versus everyone else? And being from the Xerox land, same sort of thing. We're the most expensive by far. And how do you find a way to, to sell that value? And that's, and that's the world that I've been living in, right? For almost two decades, like you mentioned. And uh, just the other day, I had, I had a head of sales on, in San Francisco on, on, um, on LinkedIn reach out to me because he said his salespeople are are just not selling with enough profit, enough value. And they're just they're hitting the price objection too too, you know, too quickly and not doing very well. And he reached out to me because he had his sales team go through my courses. And so he knows that it works. But he said, How can it be more tailored? Right. And so so I got that from this one guy. And then from another, another uh CEO that reached out to me a couple weeks ago too. And he said that. Um, he wants to div- he wants to build out a sales uh, prospecting uh, system, basically for his for his industry, and he wanted to help setting that up. Um, but I, what I would say, just from the statistics wise, from what I've seen uh, people do, is the majority of salespeople do a prospecting course. Although, although prospecting is not something that will that will attract people. Like what you'll find if you know you go out and you say. I'm going to help you be a better prospector. I mean, I'm Anthony Garcia. I'm the master at it. I'll help you do that. You'll find that you're not going to get many people come to you. But if you say something like, I'm going to help you close, 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 you'll get people come to you because they're all, they're, they're drunk with the whole idea of, of um, the Wolf of wall street and, <laughs> uh, and Grant Cardone and that the hardcore closing is the, what you need. And the reality is that that's completely ridiculous that doesn't work. And it's not how it is today. But the thing is, is when you get people to, when you're trying to pull people to you, you're going to find that prospecting has a, people don't, they're not excited about it. And so, but on Udemy, they'll take it all day long, you know, and it's, maybe that's because their companies are telling them to take it, you know, or, or however it is. But at the end of the day, it seems like prospecting and things around prospecting are where, um, the majority of people are taking my, my, my courses.
0: That's interesting thought to say that because yes, like hardcore closing, big ticket closing, whatever, whatever BS that people are telling you about closing sales, right? Everyone wants that. Everyone's like, Oh, that's, it's like looking at the summer body. Like, Oh my God, that's a beauty. But nobody wants, Hey, you got to start here. You have to cut the fat here. You have to do something prospecting to me when, when, you say that people are looking for prospecting. It's almost like they don't realize that's what they're looking for. They're coming with the end result of mind. Hey, you know, I want to be a six-figure sales professional. I want to be a seven-figure sales professional. Right. I want to hit President's Club. Well, that's great. But you, you know, I, I remember teaching my very first management job. I remember having a rep that would tell me, "Hey, I could close any appointment if you would just set them up for me." I'm like, "Oh, so would I?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah, mean, really. That's this, closing is not hard. Selling a product is is not hard. It's the prospecting. It's the mental hurdles, the ups and downs. So right. when people are looking for prospecting, is there like a modality that you teach? Is this is this your own proprietary modality that you teach? How are you? instructing or guiding someone to a key level to prospecting? Well,
1: I think, you know, uh, one of the things that you see as a, as a, someone that's had a sales team and I know you have a sales team, um, is that you learn that when someone comes in, you can't teach them level three. You start at level one. That's how it always is. I mean, it, it's like, I've got, I've got a four-year-old and a six-year-old. I can't just say, here you guys, look at me, make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. See it. Okay. You're on your own now. You know where the peanut butter and jelly is in the refrigerator. Go, go do it if you're hungry. I mean, that's like chaos. They, they never get anything done. They never even do it. And, uh, and the irony of things like prospecting when you see it out there is there's too many people saying, you need to do this. And then I've challenged those gurus that say, and I say, well, who are you speaking to? Because that sounds to me like a level three skill. You know, and, and, uh, and what happens with the way I train it is I, I realize that people typically when they're trained to prospect, they're trained at that level. Like someone says, this is what works for me. this is what you should do every single time. But there's a stepping stone to get there. You have to, you have to learn the, the, the fundamentals along the way. And so in my mind, um, there's different levels. And so here's a, here's a level. Exactly. I'll, I'll explain what I mean. So with prospecting the first thing that you should learn about is, well, how do you prepare for prospecting? right i mean there's a preparation involved you don't just get pick up the phone and that that's it you just make it happen there's the preparation so what goes in the preparation i know you really, i know you're really big on mindset anthony it's, that's it so part of it's mindset you prepare your mind for it and then there's what should you have with you right and then and then what is going to happen when you call someone what should you expect and i do a lot of talking about how people become afraid with prospecting and that typically fear comes from when you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what to expect. And so if you're getting someone ready from a, from a mental state to prospect, there, there's that responsibility from a level one to let them know what will happen. And when they know what will happen, and of course role play is involved with that, when, but you let them know exactly what to expect, then what happens is the fear starts to drop. So, so from then... From once you have once you go through those those basics, and I'm talking about having the your your level one script in front of you, have the objections that you're gonna get that you know are gonna happen 90% of the time, have those ready to go and have your responses ready to go, have your calendar open, right? The basics, these are things that you gotta just have. And then um, and then from there, when you get into scripts, I think that's where a lot of people skip and they go to level three. You know, and, and, and having a conversation with someone over the phone, Anthony, is, I look at that as being advanced because you have to have so much confidence in what you do, but also patience to be able to stop and listen over the phone, understand really what they're going through. I mean, there's a lot that you need to have just to be able to say, let's just, you know, to have a conversation and let's see if it makes sense for us to meet. That right there, is what a lot of the people that I see on LinkedIn are saying, "You need to be able to do this, you need to be able to tailor it like this." And, and um, anyway, I, I, get into, I get into scripts into a different course you know and, and how do you make, how you make those and how you tailor them. but there's steps along the way. Um, I think one of the things uh, there's so much obviously you could get me talking about with prospecting, um, Anthony, but I think one of the things that people miss with prospecting is uh, the numbers game aspect to it. And uh, that's also something that I do with preparation. People need to know what to expect in terms of what, when they're doing things right, when they're doing things wrong. Like how many dials does it take to get someone to pick up? How long should they be on the phone? You know, what's, you know how, how, how many times are they gonna get an appointment when they get a decision maker pick up? Those sort of things, they should be able to track, to measure to see are they, are they within the benchmarks, right? And, and and they need to understand that in the beginning, and then when they understand that, we get into the next level, which is obviously better understanding who they're calling how we can relate to them, how we can reference third party you know case studies to try to, to try to secure a meeting there's all these things, but you're not gonna tell your brand new person to reference a case study that they really don't even understand they're still figuring out what your product is they're still figuring out how they they can help people you gotta it's like there's a, there's levels and so um, so that's what I like to, I like to, I like to teach people what they need at a certain level. And then if they get to, when, once they get to the next level, uh, then we'll continue. You know, one more thing along this, um, I had this, I have this rep that's been reaching out to me, uh, that's just absolutely doing amazing prospecting. And he's, he took my, just my courses on, on Udemy and he, he seeked me out cause his company just said here, you know, we just make some phone calls. And this is just a month ago. So this stuff is still happening today, right? Wow. He's, he's he's selling a sophisticated software too. And so he said he didn't know what to do. And so he went on Udemy, he, took, he looked at all these different courses and he ended up choosing mine and it was the bestseller still, but he took mine, just did exactly what I, what I go through in the course. And he just, because I've, I've done it and I do it with people all the time and he did it. And now he's setting just crazy numbers of of numbers of appointments and he's getting so much out of it. And I decided to talk to him because he's just been messaging me so much about, about how much it's helped him. And I obviously you love, you know, it's, we're all about helping people. That's what we do, what we do, what we do Anthony. And, uh, and so I, I spoke to him and, and he, I, he said, this is what I'm going to work on this week. And he says, I'm going to work on my script and I'm going to work on tailoring it even more. And I said, well, what's your ratio right now from when you get a decision maker to pick up to get an appointment? And he basically said every... Um, on that specific, on the last specific day, he had uh he got ten decision makers on the phone using my strategy, using my using my training, and he got um he said he got seven appointments. And I said, Well that's I said, by the way, you shouldn't expect to get that all the time. You know, I said, you're over benchmark. And I said, You're over benchmark. And I said that I said, You should be at five out of ten, by the way. Right. I said, that's what you, that's what you should be at. I said, you're doing over it. I said, so let me ask you something. Why are you spending time improving that? I said, "Why?" I said, "The where, where you need to improve is you need to improve how many more, how many decision makers you get to pick up." And I said, "So here's the here's the benchmark. If you're calling ten, you should get three to pick up. That's how it should be." And I said, "How many are you calling?" He's like, "Well, I had to call like sixty to get that many." I'm like, "Well, you need to, You you should have been at, you should have been at twenty pickups or fifteen pickups at that time, at that point, right? You should have been at a higher number." And I said, that, that requires different things you need. I said, if you want to spend your time, it should be in a different area than your, than your pitch, than your objection handling. You're focusing on the wrong spot, spot. And so I think that's where people miss prospecting too. They don't follow it by what the benchmarks are, where, what the numbers game says it should be, and they don't work to improve those other levels. They think the only way that they need, they need to get better in prospecting is their message and their handling objections. When, when, from what I've seen, someone right out of the gates taking my stuff, my course, in their first week on the job will get 50% appointments when the decision maker picks up. And it, that's just what it is. It's like it's, people freak out so much about that, but if they just have a, a basic plan, they're going to do just fine. They need to work on the first part, getting people to pick up.
0: Hey, I wanted to take a quick minute and interrupt this episode for a second. I hope you're enjoying what you've heard thus far. Are you a sales professional or do you manage a team of sales professionals? I imagine you know someone who struggles with complacency. I'm talking about the sales rep who has all the tools to be a top performer, but just can't seem to get past the mental hurdle that is holding them back. I completely understand and I relate with you. That is why I've created a detailed approach on how to get out of this stage of complacency and put yourself in position to achieve your next sales goal. Be sure to visit my website, catapultingcommissions.com. Once there, you can find the link to pick up a copy of my international best-selling book, Catapulting Commissions. Now, let's get back to our show.
1: Sorry, there's a little bit of a rant right there.
0: No, I think I think there's so much value in what you said because that that whole encompassing of what you just described in the world yes. of sales is, is what separates top performers from average performers. The ability to know what your numbers are, the ability to know what to improve, you right. can't improve unless it's measured. And then, you know, take it one step further. I mean, what you just said there is, is the total value in having a sales coach or a good sales manager, because there's, there's some sales managers that are really good, and, and we both know there's some that, are, that, for lack of better words, aren't. Right. But having someone giving you that perspective to look at something different, and look at how to improve. That is really going to help. I, I would challenge my audience. There's a portion of your sales process right now that you can improve that you've yet to identify. And and you know, as you're saying that there, I think about things. You know, I, I, I go back to my own business right now, right? And, and catapulting yeah. commissions and sales training it's so funny you you were talking about scripts um I, I just recorded a show a few weeks ago uh with a, a gentleman named chris ross he has the win-win effect podcast and uh, i brought him on the show and we talked about scripts and he completely has abandoned scripts throw scripts out the window and you know I, I agree with you i'm like yeah there's there's not a portion of it but as you said that you go through levels where chris is at and where i'm at you know i'm not gonna say expert level but i mean i'm pretty darn close to it. So it's funny as you say that, because I don't have a conversation with the prospect without an ulterior motive. Like I know what information I'm extracting. I know, you know, so maybe it's not a script, but there's landmarks. I want the conversation to go this way, this way, this way. And as a new rep, a new person to sales, you don't have that confidence. So that script gives you that set of confidence that, Hey, if I can follow this script as best as I can, it's going to give me enough information where I can be a consultant where I can be a resource where I can quote unquote close the sale. So I, I like how you you dive in and you say okay, there's different levels and, and right. some of the guys you mentioned that these hardcore closers Cardones and these guys. I mean, I I, I I laugh and and I have I have seen some of this stuff and I'm like man, people are buying it, which tells me there's a need. Someone needs to learn this. Right. There's better people to teach it. I mean, exactly 100. I mean, so yeah, I, I like that. Give me your thoughts on that in in your day right now. Right. Are you still actively using a script or is it so dialed in that you know how the conversation, what information you have to extract that you can do it off the cusp?
1: You know, um, what I've been doing most of my time now is working with clients on theirs. You know, it okay. seems like that. And it's, um, but I would tell you that, you know, with scripts, because I think it's important what you just said about the, this other guy about how he does it. He throws them out the window. And that I, I would say that that's okay. But the idea is, is how is he, is he teaching people to do the same thing? And, and if I had someone come into my sales team that let's just say they're just starting and that person saying, I set all these appointments and I don't use scripts at all. And these guys go, oh, well, well Derek, you're saying I should use a script. But this other guy says, I shouldn't. And this is what I should be doing. Then what happens is you have someone at a master's level, trying to teach master's level information to someone that's a beginner and and, and i think that's where the, that's 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 where it becomes a problem and and the thing is, is is i think some people feel like their their edge or their 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 thing that they're teaching is this big thing like oh don't have scripts or tailor your scripts or have a pause i see tons so many of them on linkedin of people saying these sort of things like asking about Hey, can I give you 45 seconds? And if if you don't think after 45 seconds it makes sense for us to keep talking, is that okay? And I hear this. I'm thinking, to me, that sounds. It still sounds like it's maybe level two. Right. You you've got to get people comfortable with the first level before as they move up. So in terms of um, my own scripts, you know, I think right now a lot of the the business that I've been getting are people right now that I've taken my courses or taken that, that I've found over the years. And these people are already reaching out to me because they've already gotten so much value that they're asking me to work with them. And, um, but I still have, I still have, I know that I'm going to be doing outreach as well because uh, there's always other people, you never got to stop, you never, never want to stop prospecting. Um, so it's, so it's something that I have as well. I just haven't actually gotten to it, you know uh, since the business my business started at the end of January right. full time, you know before that it was I was teaching people at Xerox and then having the general thing around the world teaching people, but now it's like I've got client after client where i'm I'm working with them on their scripts and how to get through it, and we're drilling those so um but yeah, I would say that you should get to the point where when you're at a, you're at a point of level of comfort that when you are delivering your script, it sounds natural and it doesn't sound so scripted, and that just comes with repetition. And, um, and then it'll eventually get to the point where you can actually have a good conversation with someone, but that's, I mean, we, we you make a phone call to set an appointment, right? You shouldn't be having a conversation over the phone, right? It's it, we got to get to what we're getting to, but um, I don't know if that answers your question.
0: No, it definitely answers the question. I mean, I, like I said, I, I think about, you know, going into my, my coaching consulting business, right? So, yeah. you know, I, I have a coaching consulting business. I have clients, I do discovery calls, and so when I first started accepting, you know, unsolicited or outbound clients on a discovery call, yeah. I, I spent a good, I'd say a month and a half writing a script, rewriting the script, reading everything. I had the script yeah. completely. And I would even say so for on my first few discovery calls, I had my script up and then I had like my notes up. And and uh, I, I sat there. And I'm like, OK, I'm the sales expert, but I have this script up now. It, and it, the only way I learned to improve my script was because I had something I was like, OK. I didn't like this. I do like this. And then I was, I mean, I was, I was modifying it. What information yeah. do I really want at this point? Where's the value? And so now I, I don't have a script. I have a template that yeah. information that I fill out that you can call it a script. You can call it a uh, an application, whatever. I know what information I want to extract now on discovery calls. Cause you know I'm trying to make sure to match. Is this client going to be, am I going to provide enough value that this client is going to enjoy working with me and they're going to, uh, they're going to get more value than I charge for my services. I also try to understand, is this client, you know, are we is it a mutually beneficial relationship? Because you know, there's sometimes you get on calls and you're like, ah, what you're looking for, I don't offer, or vice versa. Um, but it's it's funny to hear you say that it starts with the script and the level. And I talk a lot on the show about going back to the basics. I mean, I've had yeah. some killers in sales, some number one sales reps, seven-figure sales reps. I mean, I've had some killers on here, and the the constant that I've had, regardless of what level they are all on, and I would say that everyone that's been on this show is level 10 or above on a scale yeah. of 10 and everyone has the same thing when it's them on the line or their business, everyone reverts back to the basic fundamentals. It's like, Hey, <laughs> how can I, maybe we accelerate that learning curve a little faster, but we all go back to the fundamentals and we're trying to uh, improve. So I'm always yeah. looking for nuggets, tidbits of information. I actually, I actually uh, subscribe to take your, your mini course. Cause I, I listen, to them, I'm like, okay, what have I not missed? What have I been missing? And it's funny. You can hear a message a hundred times. And if you hear it a hundred different times and, or you take a hundred different bits of information from it, like you're, you're always improving your craft. So I, I like how you said that there.
1: Yeah. One thing I want to, I want to comment that you just mentioned that I thought was great um, is I'm actually in the middle of writing my second book. I have a book called how to ask great questions, the lead opportunity. And I think it's, I think it's actually pretty similar to gap selling by Keenan. But um, I'm holding myself back from from reading it because I, from what I hear, it sounds very similar. Obviously, he did a much better job writing it. But um, I think what happens when you when you uh, are, are when you are in the business for so long and you and you meet with customers and you have to find opportunity on those meetings, you end up learning a process. And I think I had a process there. But I'm in the middle of writing another book, and and the book is about uh, qualifying. And I think it's it's um, what you just mentioned about that's part of your process and you call it your application Mm -hmm. and all the different things that you said, I, you can also boil it under a topic of just qualifying. And, and uh, I've, I've found that which, which has inspired me to write this book is I found that no matter which, which client I work with, it doesn't matter. And I'm sure you probably see the same thing. The common opportunity that I just, I find that's always there to talk about is how are you qualifying, which opportunities you're working on? And how are you making sure you're working on the right ones? How are you making sure that you're spending your time to be at the right place at the right time with the right message? How are you doing that? And so um, I've actually, I I was uh, lucky to meet this this one rep at Xerox that uh, for years, you know, the top reps were making between 100 and 200,000 per year. Like that's what the, at Xerox, what it was. And you got to think there's a lot of, you got to just sell with a lot of profit in that industry to do that. Um, But the average rep is doing about 70,000 and this one year, I, I, I one of the uh, top executives um, that was in Florida told me about a sales rep out there that had been there same long as us. So I know you're 18 years in the business, I'm 17. This guy was same age as us, same years in the business, but he never left his territory. Stayed as a sales rep the whole time. And, uh, and the, the previous year, he had made $700,000. The top sales rep... And Xerox is typically like between one to two hundred thousand, and uh, he does seven hundred thousand. And so I, I I met with this guy, and I asked him what he does, and he says, "Well, he's he's a his he his kids. He's got two sons, and he's a, he's their traveling baseball coach." And he's we're talking about that. Thinking, yeah, I, how'd you get to seven hundred thousand? Like how many? You know, and every year it is he makes the same amount roughly. And uh, his big secret which wasn't a secret, but what he told me is he says, he just plays in more opportunities. And uh, I mean, if you close three deals a month at Xerox, you you should be at plan. And he was closing 20 a month. And he still was the the traveling baseball coach for two of his sons. And he's still getting it done. And uh, and it was all about qualifying. And so I'm writing this book Mm -hmm. about all the different techniques and things that you need to do that you need to identify to make sure that you can be that outlier because we don't even consider his number in the rest. And I'm sure you've met people over the years where you're going, there's people that are in this range typically that are the top. But then if they, sometimes you find someone way out here and you go like, that's almost just like, it's not, it's almost just not realistic. And, um, and so, like I said, I'm in the middle of putting this thing together because I want to I shine light into where we need to fundamentally adjust our process in sales from a sales management level and a sales rep level to, to look at things differently so we can make that outlier to be that level that the top salespeople get to, you know, and fundamentally shift the earnings curve over and it all comes down to how we qualify. And so anyway, you reminded me of that because on the phone, as just as, as, as a normal salesperson, you, you go, am I, am I good for them? Are they good for me? Can I help them? Can I help them right now? Right, and and how can I make sure that I'm in front of them when they do need help? And am I making the good good impression enough for them to say, you know what, Anthony, I do I do want you to help me when I'm ready, you know? And those sort of things, I think there's tons of potential, untapped potential that we have in sales for qualifying, and it's um, and uh, there's there's just extra things we got to add to our game to make it happen.
0: I love that. I love that a lot because you can be the best sales rep in your company. You can be the best salespreneur. You can do you can be top tier. But if the person you're talking to isn't qualified for what your offer is, you can leave a hundred appointments filling worthless because you haven't closed anything. you haven't sold anything. you spun your wheels, then, it affects mindset, then it just, it becomes a downward spiral. So I definitely think there's some value in qualifying. And, and when that book is done and ready, man, I'd love to get you back on the show. We can definitely dial in and, and talk about that. So as as we start to wrap this up here, Derek, a couple, couple things that come to mind. So you got the qualifying, you got the prospecting. Let's just talk high level few minutes here. Sure. Closing when someone says, Hey, Derek, I need help closing. I'm struggling in my closing percentages. Where do you direct that conversation?
1: Well, I first I'm I'm a I'm a data guy. I mean I like I like looking at the numbers. I like looking at the facts. I think I think the the rookie salesperson bases their their thoughts and, and actions upon emotion. I like to base my thoughts and actions off of the numbers and what the facts say. And so um, I think anytime I think in in life, I mean, I know this is just in general, in life, when you feel like things aren't going well. When you feel like you're struggling in general, we tend to go to the negative and the negative is usually is emotion. And a lot of times if we have data, that data tells us if our feeling is valid or not. And I think it's the first thing that you always need is you need data and uh, before you can make any sort of assumptions. And so, you know, I think a lot, of, when I have people come up to me, tell me they need closing training and I'm sure you get it all the time too what happens is, is these people just aren't working on enough deals. That's just how it is. They're just not working on enough. And maybe they're working on one deal every single day, the same deal. And then somehow they lost the deal and they feel like, shoot, I, I, sh- I could have won that deal if I was a better closer. But there's so many, so many reasons that we can't ever really know unless we, unless we're tapped into the customer and we're tapped into the person that beat us about why we lost. And so I, the the idea is that it's it we need to make sure we're playing in enough deals. And so I would first ask them how many deals are they playing in, right? What, let me let's, let's, let's dive it back. I like to look at everything. So, okay, you know let let me see the proposal. You'll see proposals that you know I, I had a client the other day tell me that he was presenting a half million dollar uh, uh, proposal, and it was just a it was just a, it was just a, a purchase agreement. Wow. That's it. A purchase agreement. I mean, this stuff happens, Anthony. This is like this is there, this is everywhere. And and I, I was like, whoa. Like, would you consider this to be a big deal? Yes. Okay, this is a big deal. And the way you and, and this is and this is all you think you need. He goes, Yeah, he's just looking at me. It's one of those things. <laughs> right? And I'm like, okay, well, let's just say from I've been battle tested enough to know that there's always someone else there, right? There's always someone else there and you got to prepare for that. And so, you know, you know, you got to look at the proposal, you got to back into it. Eventually, you know, you're going to find the answer. And I think what happens is closing, when people need closing training, I've just found that it's, it's more often than not an emotional response to them losing and them feeling like they would, might not have lost if they if they knew how to close better, but it's, it's it's obviously you peel back the layer just just a little bit, and you'll find that they couldn't be more wrong. But at the same time, you know you end up need to coming back to how do you get more in the pipeline and more in the funnel, so you uh, so you can continue to learn and continue to grow and continue to you know get better, make more money. So um, so that's what I would say, and that's what I do say when people have questions about closing with me.
0: I like that. The data shows everything. Numbers never lie. It validates what we said earlier, Derek, on keeping stats, measuring, right? You can't improve what you can't measure. You know, I've yeah. I made jokes on the show. My, my brother's in sales. And so uh, when you have a brother in sales and a brother who's a sales coach, it's like, you know, he has like that direct line, like calls me all the time, help me with this deal last minute. And, and it's yeah. funny as you say that the last one he called me, I was like his biggest deal of the year. And I was like, Hey man, how many more do you have in your pipeline? He was like, "This is it." I said, "I just want to let you know, man. If you yeah. if this is it, like you sound like you're, you know, you're already spending this money, and you haven't even, you're not even nowhere near the finish line. I'm yeah. more concerned that you have nothing behind, not really helping you with this deal. I'd rather help you prospect and fill this thing, because the likelihood is, right? You by the time this person needs to make a decision, you've already done everything. So at this point, if they're in the decision making phase, they they've kind of already got all the information they need from you. You're the one that's waiting for information from them, and so." Right. To hear you say that, I think that's that's so profound. I like that. The data drives everything and you extract and you teach that, Derek. I, I can't, I, man, it, it's so funny. You know, the catapulting Commission's book, Achieve Your Next Sales Goal, it, you know, I have people all the time, you know, how is this going to teach me to achieve my next sales goal? And the book's broken in three sections. Mental is the first section. The last section is uh, surrounding environment. And there's a small portion of like tactical advice in the middle, but that's not the bulk of it. It's to me, my, my opinion, is front end mentally are you prepared for this? Back end, do you have the support system in place, which does come with keeping stats, does having someone a mental mind check, all that other dialed stuff in? And you know, it's not no, not necessarily saying, "Hey, will you buy my product?" That's not where we make our money. Right, it's everything surrounding it.
1: Yeah, right on. I love it.
0: Good, Makes Derek. That sense. I'll tell you what, man. I am I'm genuinely enjoying this thing. I'd love to get you back on the show. So I'm going to ask you while we're recording, can I get you back on the Catapulting Commission podcast to, in the future? I'd love
1: to be back on here.
0: Absolutely, man. The reason I say that is I have I have found through the feedback I get from social media, through even through the downloads, when I start dialing in and teaching this stuff and we bring somebody back in and, and we start really enhancing the skill of sales, it's so much value. And I think two minds are better than one. And I, I couldn't agree with more of what you're saying. I mean, I think you're, you're definitely have a, a lot of similarities uh, of what I believe, what I preach, what I practice. And so I'm kudos to that, man. Uh, you know, and as we said, we won't say the name of the company, but you know, someone who, who worked for you is currently working for me. And so it's, yep. uh, it, that that's awesome, right? We definitely have some, so much uh, similarities, Derek for the audience and how can they track you down? What's the website? What's the social media? How can someone learn more about you?
1: Well, uh, on social media, I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So linkedin.com slash in slash Derek Shebby. Um, I'm really happy to connect with you there. And then, uh, on my website, my product that I focus on right now is sales in 21 days.com. So sales in 21 days.com.
0: Perfect. Catapulting commissions family. Did you hear that? Sales in 21 days.com. Derek Shebby on LinkedIn. If you're listening to this on Spotify, iTunes, one of the podcast players, you'll find it in the show notes below. If you're watching the YouTube video, it'll also be in the comments and sections below. As always, we do appreciate your subscription and your feedback. Derek Chevy Sales in 21 Days, talks so much about closing the sale without talking about closing the sale. So be sure to rewind and listen to this episode again. Derek, thank you for joining the Catapulting Commissions podcast.
1: Thank you. It was my pleasure.
0: Absolutely, buddy. And Catapulting Commissions family, don't forget, hit subscribe. I'll talk to you guys on the next one. Well, that does it for today's episode on Catapulting Commissions with Anthony Garcia. If you found some value in today's show, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. Don't forget to subscribe to Catapulting Commissions. That way you get notified of new episodes every week. Lastly, please take a screenshot of today's show and share it on Instagram. Every week, I'll be giving away a signed copy of my best-selling book to one person who tags me at Anthony P Garcia 99 and includes the hashtag catapulting commissions. Thank you for your time. And I look forward to helping you achieve higher commissions.